0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. With me on the call, as always, we've got Rafi Serafian, and we have Noah Foster. Noah has made his way up to Madison, Wisconsin. Rafi and I are in our respective colleges. We're buzzing. We're uh, we're a national organization now. We're not just a local Chicago group. We're national, Mr. Worldwide. Eh, yep, I wouldn't go, Mr. Worldwide. Not yet. I mean we Mr. do. Mr. Nationwide. We have there picked you up go. Stre- we have picked up streams from France and Germany, so I guess we are Mr. Mr. Like, worldwide. And Canada, I guess.
1: We're like Jeff Vukovic from nationwide. We're yes. basically basically
0: nationwide. Everyone Long-min- everyone loves Jeff Vukovic in Chicago.
1: Vuk.
0: <laughs> one one Vukovic, everyone knows the rules. But no, Noah. How are you adjusting? How's uh how's your first couple of days up in Wisconsin been doing?
1: It's been weird. Um, been meeting a lot of people. Haven't been, haven't met like too many diehard fans uh, of hockey yet, but I'm sure I'll find them. I've been meeting a lot of basketball fans, and there's been a couple of hockey fans. No one that's root, re- I haven't met someone that's root for the Blues yet, so that's good. Since Rafi- Wisconsin, Wisconsin doesn't have a hockey team, which seems kind of weird, but, um, no,
2: I don't blame them. I mean, what's like you have Milwaukee, but, There's so many. There's there's so much. There's so many teams on the central though, where it's kind of hard to really add another central team. Like if you're gonna add another team, obviously you have the Pacific, but you'd likely go out east if you're gonna have another franchise team, because yeah, just how everything's laid out, it's easier to bump it. Well, no. Or technically, you not, know what? Not yeah, really. I said corrected.
0: You'd want to stay in the Midwest because of travel time, right? You probably want corrected. to have yeah. someone in Kansas City, in Houston, in like oh, Houston, uh, maybe, <laughs> don't, let's, maybe let's not get Des Moines on or Houston Omaha. Tangent. I will oh, go God, on yeah.
2: Houston tangent if I have to.
1: Please don't. Uh, okay, I well. <laughs> won't. We've, we've been through a whole show. If you want to listen to it, it's back in our archives. You You've just have to watch, show, you yeah. have to
0: watch all of them to find that one so have fun <laughs> i not an to episode name I even forget the episode uh, number but Rafi how, how have you been how have you been since the last time we talked uh
2: we're vibing calc 2 just got 80% on both my homeworks so
0: we're vibing right now okay. uh midterm bees, bees get degrees baby exactly that's true that's exactly. true that's exactly not staying, so. but bees do back at degrees
2: I'd rather get B's and C's or D's enough. So, you know what? I'm just going for B's. Uh, everything else is vibing right now. Everyone's really nice. Neighbors a big hockey fan. Obviously doesn't like the Bruins. Yeah. So, it, it's been going well. Obviously, on the hockey fan side of this, it's not going too well. But yeah, there's a game tonight. We can turn it around, hopefully, as we record the show. Because it's Sunday or Monday. It's Monday. Wow.
1: It is Monday. Guys, Let's go re-
2: also... Interesting, interesting thing, real quick. Before we get started, tomorrow, the first day of September. Wow.
0: Yeah, wow is right. Jeez. Already September, man. Jeez. That's I love intense. how
2: everyone was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a long year," and all of a sudden, it's September.
0: Dude, already. the summer flew by. Like every, like it, the months seemed like weeks, but the days seemed like years. Like it was weird. I hear you. you know?
1: Know. Yeah, I
2: yeah, felt camp that. things, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you have the right people and you're. Hanging out and having a good time. Those dates oh, feel yeah. a bit shorter and a bit more enjoyable. That's but true. anyways, we have a show. We can't reminisce in the past.
0: Although, because... wait, real quick, so oh, <laughs> I just came I just came from my J one oh four lecture. You guys remember a while ago when we were all everyone was speculating how hockey's gonna look when it returns during the pandemic, yeah. when it goes into the bubble, and you know, people were yeah. making masks and face shields. My professor uh has been using a Bauer face shield in class. Interesting. Hockey he's guy? not. He's not. No, he's actually not. <laughs> oh, he, he's from California, but he, he, he's a big track runner though. He, he to, from what he said today, which I would never be able to do because I am not nearly athletic or dedicated to running as that 140 miles a week. And would run marathons for fun, my, my 140 goodness. miles a week, Jeez. he would my run time. 140 miles a week. That's
1: 140 miles a week. That's 20. That's 20 miles a day, if I did my math right.
2: Yeah, That's but
0: I just think he's not doing. I'm, I'm leaving miles the math up to you once. guys, but
2: so he's yeah, basically running. He's once. basically
0: running almost a marathon every day, That's which is insane. insane to me. Like I, I, I can barely not barely, but like I have a tough time as it is doing the four and a half mile run we do for camp every year because I'm not a, I'm just not a conditioned runner, and I have a, yep. you know, I just have bad running form, so it doesn't, and, and a bad back. I sound like an old man, Jesus, but fogged yeah. <laughs> my mind. And Bauer Hockey Shield. Anyways, Noah, why don't you run us down a little bit of the list before we get into this last week's happenings?
1: Yeah, sure. So we've got great show for you guys today. We've got a bunch of news to go over. Uh, some teams have been eliminated. Some teams are on the brink of elimination as we speak. And we're going to go, like, real quick since not a, no series has ended yet. Uh, they're actually all 3-1 at the moment. So we're going to go, like— Hopefully none of real- them end
2: tonight. Please don't end yeah. tonight, Boston. Come on.
1: Yes, hopefully none of them end tonight because I like to see more hockey. But— uh we're going to go over like quickly those series cuz again none of them have ended and they're all at 3-1 so there isn't too much to talk about. But first, the housekeeping. We have some field good news. Feel good news. I can't speak. Feel good news for you guys to start off with Oscar Lindblom was on the ice taking warmups for the Philadelphia Flyers in game 4 against the New York Islanders. What an incredible recovery this man has had. He was it was. I think it was last. I think it was last year. He was diagnosed with cancer. Oh,
2: no, it was like and, December. It was. Geez, it was. December, it
1: was January, that. Yeah, was November, that soon? Was My like goodness. That.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, maybe like last year in terms of calendar year, but it's only been like yeah. ten or so months. That's insane. So like ten or so months ago, he had been diagnosed with cancer, and he's fully recovered and skating on the ice with a professional yeah, he team. Didn't, That's he didn't.
2: He didn't. He didn't start or he didn't no. play any time. He was listed as a healthy scratch, but obviously seeing. Him take warm ups, very heartwarming moment for everyone, yeah. and that was the only big win that the Flyers had yesterday. That night, yeah, they got smacked again by the Islanders. Well, wasn't that
0: big, but they. I, I digress. Yeah.
1: The Coyotes.
0: I, I, I very much, real quick. I very much was shocked. I think all of us were shocked to see Oscar Lindbaum. Like I, I
1: yes. know
0: there was like a, he was put on the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. the 52-man roster or the 31-man roster coming into yeah. the bubble. And everyone was shocked to see his name. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was more of an honorary thing. I don't know if he'll ever see, like, a proper shift until next season. For, for, forget what I think because I, I'm not a doctor. I said a while ago I don't think it makes sense for him just because, you know, he might be recovered from cancer, but that's a lot. Like, to go out and take a shift, an actual shift – Again, in an NHL playoff game, that's a toll, like, yeah. n- not having the proper conditioning that your teammates has, but it's good to see him, you know, don't, it, it's good to see him out there. Like, it's a, it's a good yeah. story, just like I said, Noah. I
2: yeah. mean, I thought that he was going to, sh- he was going to come with the team and travel to Toronto and just be there for, just, just having our guy there. Obviously, he's loved by all the guys in the locker room, so. Just to, like, help boost the locker room chemistry, boost the locker room spirit, which is him, like, cheering him on from, like, the box. Obviously, taking warm-ups is definitely a positive step. I agree with you, Logan. I don't think he's going to be playing any, like, actual time until whatever next season is, which could be December, January. But, once again, very feel-good moment for the Flyers.
1: Yep.
2: And the hockey
1: league, of course.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: We've got some signings to go over real quick. Lord Patrick Russell signs a one year, $700,000 extension with Edmonton. Brady Kieber re-signs on a one year deal. It's with a two-way contract. Yeah. Two-way contract with Florida. I'm not sure if we know the details about signing yet, but I'm sure they might come out. And then Robbie Fabry with the big one, two years with Detroit, which is about $3 million annually. Uh, he's and Detroit is, you know, recovering right now so it's not like it's not doesn't like
0: i don't understand why i don't understand why people were hating on the contract Two and like 2.9 average for a guy that was i think on a 50 point pace had he played his whole season in detroit having a 50 point player in your lineup especially if you're detroit trying to come out of a rebuild within the next two or three seasons led by the god himself steve eiserman that is a contract (laughs) you will take $3 Three million for a sure. fifty point score of that size and that ceiling of cap or skill, you're gonna take that you know, as a bridge deal for sure. And who oh, knows, yeah. maybe, maybe maybe you know, after this bridge deal is done, maybe he signs for less. And maybe by the time that he signs in what, it was a two season, three was it two or three seasons that he signed for? Two.
1: Uh two year extension.
0: Two more years. I years. don't think I don't think that the league is definitely gonna be out of that eighty-one and a half flat cap, but knocking on wood, on the chance that it goes up, he can sign a pretty team friendly deal or he's gonna to have to. And having a player like Robbie Fabry on a team friendly deal in a fifty point plus season player, you're gonna take that nine times out of two.
2: And a key thing too is they have thirty-five million dollars in cap space. They they have the they can afford if Fabry does bust, which I don't think he will that it's like a two year deal just under three million dollars. It doesn't really hurt the team at all long term in any means. And obviously getting a trade from St. Louis, he had a really good season in Detroit where he was playing constant like top six, probably even first line minutes. So definitely a good sign. I still don't know. I-, I get the logic behind that St. Louis trade, but to get Jacob De La Rose back in that deal makes absolutely no sense to me. And I think St. Louis is really gonna have to pay for- is going to pay for that one.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a bad deal. Like, Detroit's coming out of rebuild. Fabry's still serviceable. All of the well, most of the Detroit guys will be young, so they're going to be yeah, signing for low anyway. So it it's, it's not
2: the hmm. signing is good. The trade was not.
0: Yeah, and you got to remember, Detroit has draft picks stockpiled. Yeah, yep. exactly. Like they the, have. The,
2: just, they are just not a, in a
0: bad position at all. Oh, Spe- yeah. like,
2: just, with, just to recap, too, real quick. First rounder this year and three seconds and two-thirds. And then the year after, they have a first, two seconds and two-thirds. If
0: they wanted to, they could trade for someone that they can, you know, like a a player that maybe needs a change of scenery and that could be built around, ahem, Johnny Goudreau, ahem, maybe Jack Eichel, ahem, maybe Max Domi. Memory. Uh, exactly. Like... There are guys on the market that weren't on the market by the when Steve Eiserman entered the general manager's chair in Detroit uh, a year ago basically that could really like put this team back to being hockey town put Detroit back to being hockey the, the hockey town and earn yep. that name again Well it,
2: they can I, also gain a lot too from like cap dumps as well as I said they have just under 40 million dollars in cap space and they have some significant players like Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi that they need to bring back. But other than that, they really can go kind of on a shopping spree this offseason if they want. And also, depending on the direction, they They either throw a lot of money at players to get some big players or get some key pieces. Or you can also find teams that are cap-strapped right now, a.k.a. the Blackhawks, the Bruins, Lightning. I wouldn't be shocked if next season we see Anthony Sorelli as a member of the Detroit Red Wings.
1: Oh, that'd be incredible. Oh my I wouldn't be shocked. Be Dylan Larkin and Anthony Cerilli together. Oh my goodness. This I is the last that. thing
0: I'm going to say so that we can move on because we've been touching on this a lot and there's a few other things we got to talk about. Yep. If you're Detroit, you want to pull, you're not wanting to, but you're looking to pull a Carolina Hurricanes Patrick Marlowe deal. Let's say, let, let, exactly. let's do
2: the just like that. Just like
0: that. Let's, let's say Louis Erickson. Is, <laughs> For whatever, no, no, no. Like, this is a perfect example. He's got a $6 million cap hit, maybe maybe a little more, right? That isn't necessarily a favorable cap hit for a guy like that. Patty Merlot is a $6.25 million cap hit. He was bought out and they acquired a first first round draft pick, a conditional, but they still got the first round draft pick. For Detroit, if there's a potential for a move like that where a team is willing to give up a first rounder to dump some cap and gain some flexibility, I would not be surprised if that's something we like Steve Eisenman or a team tries to do. It is a smart move because one, they get the first-round draft pick as compensation for having that uh, what is it, thirty-some odd percent of the uh, salary they bought out cap hit. Yeah. And two, it sets them up for the future and maybe a quicker uh, end of their rebuild and, and resurgency into the playoffs. Especially yeah. if you're Detroit, you want to see that. And right. who
2: knows? Maybe Vancouver is an off year. You don't need.
0: There's so much
2: that can happen. Like you see, obviously Carolina Carolina really lucked out with that trade.
0: Hundred yeah. percent. It took a pandemic, but
2: Yay, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah.
0: In other
1: less important well, not really less important, but kind of less important. Other less important news, Alexander Ovechkin is on the cover of NHL twenty one. I believe that makes him the second athlete to be a repeat cover with Jonathan with Jonathan Taze as the other one. Not sure if there's any other but I know it's those two for sure. It's them, yeah. It's just them. I want, uh, I want
0: to say,
2: w- w- was or am I, th- I don't Brodeur know. Broder was on the cover. I don't know. It if was he on a he was on the cover. I
0: don't think he repeated. I don't think he, I don't repeated think he did so either. either.
2: But obviously, I was one of the fans that was expecting Nathan McKinnon to be on the cover. So obviously, this was not a welcome surprise. But you know what? I Or it wasn't an expected surprise, but a welcome one. I appreciate it. I do love Alex Ovechkin a lot. And I also just want to highlight, too, that... I don't know if you guys saw the little teaser for this year with the franchise mode, the a Pro and all that stuff. It looks really good this year. I know in years past. We say you know, it every a,
1: year. <laughs>
2: but this year definitely is different. You saw what they, I mean, they have the locker room and a Pro. They have, they said they're going to do a whole trade deadline day for franchise mode. Those are like two modes that I like to play on. I think that's going to be really cool. I don't know how many changes are going to be made to actual gameplay, but for those fans like me who like franchise mode, who like be pro, like the kind of story mode, it's looking like it's going to be really interesting, and I'm very excited to see what they have. What they have. There's for something. I the, think this, yeah, they they finally decided to like attack a few things, and I think it's going to look really good this year.
0: Well, I so two things. One, I think what EA tried to do this uh, w- with the game coming out this fall. This is the last title specifically for current-gen consoles. Come, I think, December, uh, December, or the holiday season, we're going to see the Xbox One X and the PS5 come out, or some, you know, some... I'm pretty sure around then is when those two consoles are going to come out. From what EA made it seem like, for the NHL franchise at least, they weren't worried about, you know, making it the same game and putting their development towards... The next gen, so that the next gen games are 10 times better than the current gen. It looked like they really put a lot of dedication and effort into this game, and then whatever we're going to see it for 22 for the PS5. So I'm excited to see the you know the increased amount of effort instead of copying the majority of the code and kind of adding a few new things. There looks to be a like a lot of new features. Second, yeah. if you noticed in that timeline that EA released for. When they're going to be, you know, showing big reveals for different game modes, different, diff, you know, new additions to the game. Franchise mode is in the last part, is one of the last things. I think all of the fans are crossing our fingers in in, in saying that we every year since, since uh, NHL 14 uh, was the last year that had Franchise Connected, is this the year we finally see a return for to Franchise Connected NHL? Maybe that's why they're putting it back, because they're hyping us up. They're teasing it out. Who knows?
2: I think regardless, too, with just the trailer, just watching the trailer, there's just, just so much already that looked new, where that would be an amazing boost. But just overall, just looking at the trailer and stuff, and from what I know, it does look like it's going to be all around much better than in years past, which obviously the hockey community will take, because I've heard a lot of bad stuff about Madden 21 lately. Really. really? As that game's been released. Yeah. It's it got like a 0.4 rating somewhere or average oh, rating somewhere. 64
1: out of out of like 10 on I think play. out of
2: 10. Yeah, it's they're calling for EA to never make another Madden game again
0: or
1: telling
2: the NFL to
0: end the partnership with EA. You know so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed in that. Also, I might be the only person that's on this bandwagon bring back NHL 2K. Yes. See, yep. I never,
2: got, I never had, I never played that, so I can't give you an opinion.
0: I got it. I got it for the Wii, and mm-hmm. even after I had, even after I had a PlayStation, before I sold off my Wii, it had a pretty good replay, re- replayability. It was so fun. There was like awesome game modes. It, it, it was really fun. Like yeah, it, ten out of ten. See,
2: it, it's, it's really hard to because you hear all the stuff about two K twenty and the,
0: and the soundtrack. And and the soundtrack was See uh, that's
2: the that's awesome. a key part too. The soundtrack has to be good, but we'll see what happens.
0: Better than as, this year. As this more year stuff comes yeah. yeah.
2: As more news comes out, we'll be doing our weekly shows to recap those and give you guys our thoughts. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. Moving, to moving on to the actual others. hockey.
1: Coyotes lost their first round pick next year and their second round pick this year as a punishment for having the prospects work out early. We knew there was going to be a punishment when the news broke earlier this season, but now this is what the NHL has decided. I think that it's sucks. It's, it's like the, it's to the worst organ. Okay, oh. Hold on. Let me rephrase that. This is the worst punishment that the coyotes could have had. Like literally the worst. They lose.
0: their. They, ne- f- they needed the first rounder. They really they needed did that first rounder because they like, they have to go back into a rebuild just coming out of, you know, basically finishing the rebuild this season. It took a pandemic for them to make the playoffs, but that that's the sign of a somewhat successful rebuild process, and now they have to continue it, and it looks like, they're, you know, they're choosing to continue it. John Shake is out. Uh, I don't know who, they, they haven't hired anyone as a permanent GM yet, but...
2: They have interim GM, yeah.
0: Whoever happens to fill the role permanently, or who, if the interim gets the interim tag taken off of him, it is going to be a long hill because it looks like Taylor Hall's coming out of uh, Arizona, uh, unlike what we were talking about earlier in the season, where he looked like he was having a good time, really enjoying it, really wanting to stay there. It it's going to be a long next couple of seasons for the Arizona Coyotes unless they make a splash with trades and have a similar uh, resurgence to the playoffs like the Carolina Hurricanes did. That's just my opinion, though.
1: Yeah, they're going to be. They're likely going to be stuck in a cycle of mediocrity, where they have some good players, um, but not enough to make them like really good. You know, kind of like the Wildwood of the past couple of seasons. So I don't think they're going to like go full Detroit rebuild, but they're definitely it's definitely going to be an issue for the next couple of seasons.
2: See, the thing is though, so they made the trade for Hall. They made the trade for Castle. Obviously, there's a lot of they had a the small trade last year, so they have a good balance of young players. experienced vets but I feel like a big need for them is improving their defense I think goaltending wise they look good forwards wise they look good maybe add a bit more depth but if you're the Coyotes this offseason you are trying to do whatever you can excuse me to get as much defensive help as possible because outside of OEL they really are lacking with that.
1: In probably the biggest news that's happened, since teams that are eliminated are allowed to trade, Casper uh, Capitan e. is dealt back to Pittsburgh. Uh, let me read the full thing here. The Penguins sent center Evan Rodriguez, uh, um, a defenseman, and Philip Hallander, their 2020 first-round pick to Toronto for Kappadin, uh the rights to a KHL forward, and defenseman Jesper Lindgren. So essentially, the Penguins are sending Evan Rodriguez, um, And two depth guys and their 2020 first round pick to Toronto. And in return, they get Kapanen, a KHL forward, and a depth defenseman. I hate on on Kyle Dubas a lot on this show, but Kyle Dubas just absolutely fleeced the Penguins. I don't know what the hell was Jim Rutherford thinking. Why? Casper Kapanen is like not that good. And Evan Rodriguez, I really, I'm a big fan of Rodriguez. And it, it's. Ha, ha, wait, what are you doing? Why? 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 Why are you sending away your first round pick when you have an aging team and you
0: need more young guys? Why are you doing See, that? The so thing why? is, though, he, he, no, the, the, he, I don't think they need the first round pick as badly as you're making it seem. Like, do they I, need it? Yes, they definitely are. They definitely are in a position where having a first round pick and having someone in the pot, you know, kind of like a it was Jake the, Gensel story, would it was be the good. Fi- it, however, was 15th, it was the fifteenth
1: it was the fifteenth pick overall, I believe. However, I, th- I think that's what it was.
0: It, it was. It's the 15th overall yeah. pick. However, Kasperi Kapanen is the top six potential, top nine, you know, pretty fast winger that team needed. Trevor Lindgren, right? He 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 got moved over is a yeah, is a yes, good he did. prospect. But he's not anything
2: special. I no. think, in my opinion, a first round, the filled, first round, look, pick. he
0: filled a need more than you know. He 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 was acquired more so to fill a need than picking him up because he's a genuinely good prospect. And it's and, and that's a huge improvement. That was a need. Kasperi Kapanen was a need. I don't necessarily think Pittsburgh wanted and actively sought out Kasperi Kapanen. I think Kyle Dubas went after that first round pick. And that happened to be what he was offering. And that, that happened to be a great, you know, smart move. Because, like I said, Pittsburgh needs that fast top six, top nine winger that Kasperi Kapanen can be.
2: Yes, yes, I agree with that. And I'd i i I'd be fine. Excuse me. I'd be fine if it was just a first-round pick for Kasperi Kapanen and little little piece the post
0: Excuse me.
2: Pardon me. If it was a first-round pick for Kasperi Kapanen, would have been fine. Whatever. Add a few pieces. To That's fine, out. yeah. Whatever. The fact that they gave up Philip Hollander, who is a very good prospect, like top six potential, re- looks really good. Definitely like their top three po- prospect for Pittsburgh. The fact that they threw him in as well is just mind-boggling. Because you give that man a season, or you give him maybe even he's even ready to go next season, and he can slot into the top six. He can slot, slot into the top nine. I'm just wowed that they gave up him in this trade as well. I get the rest of the pieces, but the fact that they gave him a Phil Pollinger just makes it so off the charts. It's just remarkable how Cal Dubas was able to make that deal happen and not have Jim Rutherford hang up on him immediately when he was asking about Phil Pollinger. I don't get it.
1: I don't. I don't it just doesn't make sense to me. I think. I think the Penguins are going to regret that. Uh, that I get it. I year. get
2: it's a win now for them and their window slowly closing, but. You you need to be intelligent. Has he? Have they not looked at the Blackhawks with the Panera trade, with the Jalmerson trade, with the Brian Terra Taravine entry?
1: Don't remind me. Oh, Stop. pain. Yeah, I'm so, sad.
2: Definitely not good for them. And speaking of other teams that are not good, Jordan Binnington and the Yikes. St. Louis Blues play Gloria.
1: What? what ha- okay. Listen, I think I said I think I said this on a show earlier, but Bennington uh, disappeared. He, he he's gone. He he must have left the bubble about two weeks ago because he did not want a game in the playoffs. He had, I think, a below .90 safe percentage. I think his GAA was also above two, if I remember correctly.
2: Here, yeah, like, wait, let me these, let me pull up the stats because these, these stats are stats.
1: These stats are like disgusting numbers. He, like, I, I would have thought an HL terrible. goalie
2: would be starting. <laughs>
1: Okay, it, it, Bennington's last year was incredible. The Blues were obviously really good, the best team in the world. Here, let me say that a bit better. It was a fluke. No, no, okay. Last year was a fluke. This year is also a fluke. Bennington is not this bad of a goalie. We know, we know Bennington is not this bad of a goalie. But I don't think he's like the top five goaltender some people have him at. Um, I think, he, I think like next year is a real prove year for Bennington. Like if he's back on his, on his game, That we know that, you know, this year was just a fluke. Something was going on, whatever. Yeah. Here, but here, here, here he's, real quick. If he's hey, still hey, playing real
2: quick, real quick. Oh, yeah. and five. Point percentage and a four point seven, two goes allowed average.
1: Okay. Wow. Four, I wasn't close. Four
2: point seven, two.
1: That's awful. And he got pulled a couple of times as well. I think like it's three
2: times. He got pulled. My goodness. He yeah. was awful. And it was hilarious it was, watching from a Boston Blackhawks perspective. I'll never forget that tweet. Bennington in net for game five. Yeah. Oh boy. Or game was, six.
1: Game six. It I need to
2: get that tweet like printed and
0: put against my wall.
1: <laughs> there it was it was a bad showing for there's, Bennington.
0: There's something to be said. I, I I'm not putting all the blame on Bennington. Like I, I don't think he played as well as he probably could have. I'm not a goalie. I haven't played goalie. I I think he played fine. He didn't play great. He didn't play potential con Smythe winning great like he did last season in the uh, series against Boston and the whole playoffs for that matter. He was fine. He was acceptable as the starter. Jake Allen came in and is probably the perfect backup for them right now. I love Jake Allen. I think he's. He, Just like Corey Crawford, he has plenty of hockey left in him, and I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon if he wants to stay and if the Blues want to keep him, they're going to find a way to keep him. However, aside from the goaltending situation, I watched most of that series. I don't know why I've come to this conclusion. Actually, I do. I don't know (laughs) what happened. I don't know where they went but or where it went but there wasn't a dry the play seemed uninspired and maybe maybe that's just because i you know i didn't watch as closely as i should have and i was just watching the game kind of in passing you know not as closely as i was watching some other games but they they seemed uninspired like like defending a stanley cup and going back to back wasn't something they wanted to do it yes. seemed
1: like it seemed like Logan, I think you're right, and a lot of hockey fans agree that like the blues, like it wasn't like solely Bennington's fault, right? No, like, Bennington no, no, no. Bennington didn't play Bennington wasn't as uh, good as he was you. last year. I'll give um, you guys that
2: too. As but, much as I want to call Bennington, you can just tell by especially the round robin. The difference between them and the stars was the stars woke up and said, That's the past. We're playing in, we're doing something. So did Boston too, and they showed up. Yep. St. Louis was like, Oh, we're not doing too well. Let's just try making it work. It's no big deal. We won the cup last year. Which is terrible to go into the playoffs like that.
1: It's like the 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 Blues just like were like in it seems like it seemed like everyone else had like had a much more drive to succeed in the round robin. The blues were just kind of there. And then they just like didn't they didn't think themselves, okay, playtime's over, now let's go. It's like where was the where was their like second gear? Where was where was the play that was like, let's let's fight to win another Stanley Cup and be back to back, be one of the few teams that goes back to back. There was just like none of that in the blues. And like we like to put it all on Bennington because his stats are awful, but like he didn't he played he didn't play great, but he didn't play as horrible as his numbers lead on. The defense was abysmal. There was like not protecting him at all. The offense couldn't get anything going. The whole blues, um, the whole blues team right now or in the playoffs was, like, uninspiring, and to say the least.
2: I think the biggest thing that happened and the worst thing that happened for St. Louis did happen, where St. Louis was looking to trade Jake Allen for cap space so they could bring back Petrangelo get more money so they could put towards him. The fact that Jake Allen played much better than Jordan Bington in the playoffs and gave the Blues a chance, excuse me, put St. Louis in an interesting situation where, you can't really trade either one of them because they are both have their good spots and shine in their, in half the moments and they're awful in the other moments. And they're both taking on $8 million combined. So it could have been much easier for the St. Louis if Jake Allen just also pooped the bed and they got swept or they lost in five or something. Because then you could just say, oh, let's trade Jake Allen, free up space, so re-sign Petrangelo. Now you're in a situation where you might have to lose a Jaden Schwartz, a Braden Shat, a Alex who I still think's pretty good, maybe even Bozak or Perron in order to bring back a guy like Alex Petrangelo. So it'll be interesting to see because St. Louis is obviously gonna make their best move to bring back Petrangelo. So now they're in a situation where they can't really trade either of their two goalies. They technically
0: cap-based. they technically have early negotiation rights because they're he's still he still belongs. His contract still belongs on the books. Uh, Of course, to 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 the Blues, they they could be working out terms right now as we speak, and we would have no idea. Yeah, Yeah. but then again, they also have
2: two million dollars in cap space. So, so there there's a hometown hometown discount, and then there's flat out like a disgrace of a contract offer. Like Petrangelo (laughs) will not, as much as Petrangelo want to stay with St. Louis, he's not going to take a two million dollar deal for this year. I highly doubt. Mm.
0: You're right. I agree. He's
2: He's not going to do that when he can easily fetch, I'd say anywhere from nine to ten million dollars, if he hit free agency this off season. I'm just saying, no, doesn't look good yeah, for St. Louis right
0: they, now. They,
1: yeah, it's St. Louis is like they're in a bind. Yeah. it's they are in a it, bind. It's difficult for St. Louis to pull out of this as well because you just had you had like a great season last year and I give a rough season this year, so you're either like gonna have to move a coach or move some players to try to get a spark or maybe try to stick with it and it doesn't work. It's a it's a, it's a rough think, scene right now. For... I don't think
0: Craig Berube is the issue though, and I don't think Doug no, Armstrong is. is really the issue either. Like the, the Craig Berube's a pretty good coach. He got nominated for the Jack Adams last year. I think actually no, because he was in the interim, so it didn't matter. Yeah. But D- Doug Armstrong's a somewhat capable general manager. I think he can figure it out. Despite that Justin Falk trade. Uh yeah yeah that he hasn't really had too many black marks on his resume, but you know that I, I can't imagine being a team with in cap trouble trying to sign players to keep themselves good. I couldn't imagine being a fan of a team like that.
1: Yeah, certainly not the Hawks. No. Anyway, no, no, no. Um...
2: if if we <laughs> want to talk about pay cuts and contracts and all that stuff, we can definitely turn to the news where Corey Crawford has said. A multiple occasions that he is willing to take a pay cut for the Blackhawks and a hometown discount. He also has been quoted saying that he is willing to sign short term, short contract, hometown discount, all that good stuff for the Hawks. So,
0: now here's my question How much of a discount are we exactly. talking about? Exactly. And I was just about to get into that. Yeah, because for Corey he can... Crawford, he, he, if I were Stan Bowman, I would do a lot of things if I were Stan Bowman. If I were Stan Bowman, though. <laughs>
1: resign as the
0: gm of the hawks would be number one <laughs> here's what i would do because if dis- i just for a goaltender who had advanced numbers and had as great of a you know season in what i would consider Corey crawford's like first season and kind of splitting time as a backup because he wasn't injured much if at all the season he he was there on the bench for the majority of the season. Unlike the two seasons prior, where he's battled injuries and had concussion issues. If uh, start low, don't ask how high are you willing to go to stay in Chicago. How low are you willing to go to stay in Chicago? Yeah, you have. If you're Stan Bowman, you set your own personal max. You do not disclose that. Say it's three million. You do not. If if it happens to be that you get to three million, say three million is my final offer. I'm sorry, you're going to have to go to free agency if you want to play somewhere. Yeah. Start low in the negotiations, which could be happening right now. Similar to Alex Petrangelo with St. Louis. Stan Bowman and Corey Crawford could be talking this week, which I think was the rumor, about yeah, the contract it extension. Was. Number two, if you're Corey Crawford, and if you really want to stay in Chicago as badly as I think he wants to stay in Chicago for his family, for the team, for you know every other reason in the book that it, that, that a player like him could want to stay in the city that he's grown up in and played majority of his career in, Be realistic. Don't, you know, if you are trying to take a team-friendly deal at a discount, think about where the team's at. If there's a if there's a scenario where he takes something like one million, take it. If there's a scenario where he takes league minimum seven fifty k, take it. But don't. On both sides, the key to finding that deal that's going to help the team lock up guys like Kajula, lock up a guy like Strom, lock up a guy like K- maybe target a top nine forward and free agency, something, something along those lines, whatever it is you got to do. There has to be reasonability on both sides of the negotiations. Because if Corey Crawford goes in there saying, I make $6 million now, I think a 50% discount is reasonable. $3 million is a reasonable price tag for a goalie like him. But I agree. that puts the, the Blackhawks with, I think, uh, potentially with the way that their contracts are worked out right now before any buyouts or trades, they'll have $4.5 million in space.
2: Wait, I also want to mention too that you... The rosters right now, Cap Friendly has fourteen forwards and nine defensemen. So if you get your regular 12 and six or 12 and seven, that frees up an extra like three, four million dollars. But keep going.
0: No, oh, yeah, I, that, that's really the that's really the crux of it for me. I, I did just go yeah. on a long ramble to get to the point of reasonability has to exist on both sides in order mm-hmm. for both sides to benefit. But for if you're Corey Crawford and you want to stay, you got to do everything in your power to make sure Stan Bowman. To, to to help Stan Bowman out, and if you're Stan Bowman and you want Corey Crawford to stay, you got to give him every opportunity to, to to stay. It comes down to that.
1: That's yeah. It, you want to keep Crawford because Delia is not a starting NHL goalie. Yet. I don't
0: think. I don't think Delia is gonna. I think he's gonna see NHL minutes. I think he's gonna start the season as the backup. I see I do no t- reason. I why do to too. See. However.
1: This is obviously assuming we're getting rid of Suban, which we should. However, I, I don't think I don't think Delia is. I, I'm not saying Delia isn't an NHL caliber goalie. I'm saying he's not a starting goalie yet. Yet. Right. Obviously yet. Exactly. Free
0: agency exists. I think all Hawk I think I speak for all educated Hawk fans in saying the potential for Thomas Grice coming to Chicago. Chicago would be all, So who knows. What oh, happen.
1: my God. Not I'd be so office. happy. And
0: maybe we let Corey Crawford walk if that's a possibility. I don't know. I'm not making the negotiations. I'm not in the front office in, in Chicago. But th- th- there's there's 20,000 different ways that this contract talk could go. Yep. I am full game for all of them. I am not going to be disappointed either way. If Stan Bowman decides, you know what, we want to go a different direction in terms of our goalies, we very much want to see Colin Delia have a full year as a starter, whether that means we have to tank or not.
1: That's crazy.
0: Or if we want to have Thomas and try and make another push for the playoffs because we don't care about getting a top-10 draft pick because, frankly, they don't necessarily need a top-10 draft pick. They, they, they have the pieces.
2: Yeah, whatever, I agree.
0: Whatever of the 20,000 ways it goes, I am fully supporting of it because I see no... Negatives for the Blackhawks in any scenario, you either lose a backup goalie and gain someone who can fill in in Colin Delia, Delia, Malcolm Subban, Kevin Lincoln and whoever it happens to be as you sign for free agency trade for or you keep your guy that you know can be reliable and put up a pretty good season this season, split him with someone, whether it's Colin Delia, Thomas Grice, whoever, and you build the team in front of it. There's no bad outcomes for the Blackhawks. Yeah, unless of course, and, uh, unless of course Corey Crawford decides, you know what, I don't want to take a pay cut anymore, which is unlikely. Yeah, it's probably he's, not going to happen. He, he said he's going to take that pay cut.
2: So many times publicly too, where it would be kind of, it wouldn't be a good look if he did that. And obviously, it's highly likely and this is speculation, obviously, but excuse me, highly likely Olimada's four million dollar contract gets put off the books in a trade. I believe is going to be a trade because he played really well in the playoffs. He has a value. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to like Detroit or somewhere. Speaking of Detroit, obviously, as we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, and then Zach Smith will free up two million dollars as we'll likely buy him out, unless some team wants him for like a sixth rounder, which I wouldn't be too upset about. So that's likely another six million dollars that you have to work with as well. Then you have the three four million dollars of making your roster adjustments. So the Blackhawks do have a solid amount of cap space. It's not as crunched as it looks, but. If a player's willing to take a bridge deal or a hometown discount to stay with the team, I'm all for it because we're gonna need it.
0: Dylan Strome. How uh, much Dylan do you want Strome, him to play with I'm your be,
2: best friend? You're with your you, best friend right now.
0: Do we even need? Okay,
1: I've I've said this before. Do the Blackhawks even need Dylan Strome? Do we do we no. really need Dylan Strome? No. He's uh, well. So, so, no. Okay. No, whoa, no,
2: whoa, no, no. No, no. Let, let me let me speak. This is he is to us. Like how Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen are to the Toronto Maple Leafs, not skill wise, because they all have, they de- definitely have their own pros and cons. But is it he's a luxury? We don't need to have him; uh, we'd be all right. But it's a and it's helpful as well that he has that chemistry with it. So
0: would we I'm be okay go, without
2: him? Yes. The,
0: in, yeah, I'm gonna go out on the branch here and say, uh, do we? Uh, you don't need any player. First off, okay, that that, no. that goes without saying. Like, like no okay. shit. You don't need okay. any player. No,
1: you. but
0: Logan first off, I mean. Then we can. Like you know what I mean right. when I say that. Like if there's if there's a possibility where we can get equal skill back for someone, I'm not saying this is happening, and I don't want it to happen because Jonathan Taze is going to retire a Blackhawk, and I will make sure that happens. <laughs> <laughs> if there's if if there's a chance to get an equal equal return or even slightly you know a relatively equal turn for a guy like Jonathan Tays, take it right If there's a possibility where we think as the Blackhawks we can benefit from getting rid of ten and a half million and getting an equal return and saving four million in cap space, whatever it happens to be, take it however that that's a, that that's a side note that's kind of a preface. Our center depth is eh. we have Kirby Doc, we have Jonathan Tays. Those are our, those see. are our top two set centermen. And Dylan then camp is the fourth is line camp on the fourth line, but we can replace him. We, we have can find Carpenter. someone that we have Carpenter that can play, but he's probably I like him on the wing a little more. That, that yeah. that's just a but personal
2: he, he can not play center though, and obviously we brought him in for the PK so you wouldn't be dumping him at all.
0: So anytime so soon. let me finish. So Kirby Doc and Jonathan Tays are probably going to be the top two centermen for the foreseeable future, the next three seasons plus. Dylan Strome is that guy. He, 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 prob- he probably could have done better in the faceoff circle, but he's a strong centerman. He is not the winger we signed him to be. He is, he is a strong centerman, and we need that center depth because we have the wings. We have the guys on the wings that can put up 30 points, 20 points, roll top— Bottom six, middle six, right? Michael Tepley. Uh, Evan Barrett can fill in and, and, you know, be that fourth line and switch between wing and center. You we have hard have guys you have
2: that Kirk, can, Philip Kershev
0: as well. We, we have guys that can swap if we need it, you know, if a guy gets tossed out, if someone gets injured. But we need true center depth more than we need wing depth. I say that that's why I think Dylan Strom is a valued asset. Aside from the chemistry with Kat. Aside from the fact that he's a 50-point player, aside from all of that, we need true center depth. And we really do not have true center depth that we can rely on for years to come in term contracts. In well, term mean, contracts.
2: I mean, so a, great, a great example, too, of that working out of having those guys is Boston. You have, obviously, you have Bergeron, then you have Krejci, then you have Coyle, then you have Corrali leading the fourth line. So, you have four centers who can all play really well, all do well in the faceoff circle, and they've all benefited really well and helped out the team. And I think the Blackhawks are trying to look for that. I compare Dylan Strom's game a lot to Charlie Coyle's, but just cheaper and younger than Charlie Coyle. I think Charlie Coyle, although he's making just north of $5 million, which I'm not too happy about, but whatever, I digress, is still a key part of the Bruins team because although he's playing top six minutes in Minnesota, his third line role is so beneficial for that Boston Bruins team that if they didn't have him, if they had a hole right there, there's no way they would have made it this far in the playoffs. There's no way they made, would have made the Cup finals last year. Without That's him. the
0: exact reason why I think Dylan Strome is an integral part to the Blackhawks lineup going forward. That is the sole reason. We do have Evan Barrett coming up from Penn State, and he is going to be a fantastic centerman. I think. I think his 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 ceiling is pretty high, and I'm very I'm very excited to see him. Yeah, top six, I believe. You know, t- top top six potential. Six, Kirby Dock yeah. and him, you know, Kirby Doc and him, are are going to tear it up. We, but I, I circle back to that to the same point that you just made about Boston. They have four true centers, not guys that can switch and can be fine in the in the, on the dot. Four true centermen that can fill all four lines and play any role. First line. Second line, third line, fourth line, power play, penalty kill. They have four true centers. The Blackhawks need that. David Kampf is replaceable. But that's fine because Sean Corrales is replaceable in that sense, right? They can find someone that has a similar physicality, similar style of game. David Kampf even. You know, someone that can shut down, get in the corners, win faceoffs when they need it. But we need that. we, We need those top nine the top nine forwards with three true centers. Kirby Doc, Dylan Strome, Jonathan Taze, and Evan Barrett, even. Whenever he happens to call up and be a full-time NHLer. I value true center depth. I value Dylan Strome for that reason. And it's much Strome easier. Does.
2: It's a bit harder to, but it's much easier to have a center like how we have with Dylan Strome this season, play wing sometimes with the yeah. doc cat line than it is for
1: a winger to play center. A
2: winger, obviously, I was trying to think of a player, but obviously, a winger to play center is a harder transition than a center to a winger.
1: Yeah, so I think it's the biggest. It's always biggest, better to have
2: centers. Go on, Noah.
1: The biggest issue with the Blackhawks' offense right now is really evident in the playoffs. Is our third line? Our first and second line are really good. Um, scoring issues aside, but they can produce points like nobody's business. Our fourth line is also really good. Uh, high more. It's Highmore, Camp, and Carpenter. Carpenter, Carpenter yeah. is the is the third one. That uh, was they re- are really good very, line in the yeah. playoffs. That was might have been our most surprising, and probably might have been our best line in the playoffs. Yeah, well, whatever. Was, it, was, it was better than our, it was better than. Our they, definitely
2: time, but, they definitely showed up. They definitely made a case for. They were definitely part of the Blackhawks. Those that, that looked really good. It was yeah. they weren't constantly putting up points. Obviously, Highmore was really good, but they were. If we had them out against a first-line like Edmonton or a first-line versus Vegas, I would be nervous, but I wouldn't be like... I wasn't too upset about it. I was like, yeah. okay, they can make it somewhat interesting. They can get in their face. They can limit Connor McDavid. They can limit Jonathan Marchessault, Mark Stone, you name them.
1: But I think our third line had like four points in the playoffs combined. It was if Strom,
2: even. Strom, Nylander, and Kajula, I believe. That's did for a lot of the time.
1: Nylander did nothing. Strom did a little bit, and Kajula did a little bit. He got he's more physical, obviously. But well, like, Strom was really
2: successful. Like- Strome was successful when he was with DeBrink and Kane.
1: Obviously, when, yeah. when you're on a
2: line with Patrick Kane, you're gonna look a lot better. I, I could be successful. I, I could be
1: successful on a line with Kane and well, Let's not
2: Brinkin. let's not go nuts here. Because um,
1: well, the, the problem is, is like if you want Doc to play, if you want um, Strom to be successful, then you put him on the line with Kane and Cat, right? And you put him in the center, second line center. But then that leaves Doc out to dry on the third line, right? So then he's put with Nylander and... You don't
2: want to... Not to diss Jesperi Cockton diemi because he played really well
1: in the playoffs
2: and the season. Yeah. But we don't want Doc on the third line like how Cockton diemi was on the third line for Montreal. Right? Exactly. You can't, you don't wanna, we can't give him... You- we can't stunt his development. We see, so we've seen a lot of players in the past that stay on that third line and just don't get that opportunity to push up. And... For us, if for the Blackhawks, we're being smart about Doc's development, we have to give him that top six role. He's looked so good right now, and it's also we need him to get that experience, get his feet, skates underneath him, and get ready to go. So
1: Doc he's has not been like get moved. Doc has been a rough time. Yeah, Doc has been like our best player, one of our best players. So if you if you put him with uh, the third line, it's going to be a real issue for him. And Doc isn't like a, like enough of a leader yet. To the point where he can like solo carry a line and like solo lead a line and make players around him better, he's going to be there. He will be there, but he's not there yet, and that's not any fault you of can't, his own. He's second in the league. Yeah, exactly. you
2: can't ask for that much, obviously, from him. But I I wouldn't be shocked if there was a player to get moved out uh, other than Olmada or Zach Smith. I wouldn't be shocked if Brandon Saad gets moved this off season. and in like yeah, a flip nice. where we it's like a Panarin for Saad type flip but we get like a little bit of cap relief or we throw in like a third round pick. Son in a third for like a good, another good guy who can play wing, either play on that third line or either benefit the first line
1: who can, I don't know.
2: Just a guy like that. Like a Kasperi Kapanen, I guess in some way.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest, biggest thing is like Strom and Doc are both young. Right. But I think you value Doc's production and Doc's development over Strom a little bit. Because Doc has looked to be better and looked to play on that second line. Like, Logan, you're right about center depth, but like, even though we don't have too much cap space and we kind of need a goaltender, like, kind of need a goaltender, probably more than a wing or more than a center, like, you can maybe go after someone in free agency, like a third or fourth line centerman that's out there. Um, See, this is where where
2: Logan's point of you can, if a player, if you get the right offer for a certain player, where you're saving a bit of money, or you're getting a guy of similar it. value to them, you take it. And I think that's what we're going to see with Brandon Saad this offseason. I love Brandon Saad. I don't want him to go. But one, the cap hit, and two, just the fact that we can definitely find another player that can play just like him, maybe is a bit cheaper. Something
0: like if that, that really guy sure. happens to be someone like Max Domi, I would not be disappointed. That'd be sick. That'd be amazing. I, I don't. I don't think Max Domi would necessarily fit in Chicago. That's just a personal thing. But that would be nice. Like I think well, Max it, Domi is all. He wouldn't. He would.
2: He would play alongside. He'd play on the left wing with Jonathan Tase, which would be a yes. really good first line then. But there's so many guys that obviously I'm not going to list out, and none of them are coming to my head right now. That would fit really well on that Jonathan Tase line because Jonathan Tase still has that skill sure. and that leadership where he can definitely boost
1: whoever's on that first line with him. Yeah. It- Welcome to like look at Kuba League. Like anyway, Sabres was, was already good, but look at Kuba League. Perfect. Hey, bro,
0: look, got, people forget like we, we, the Blackhawks. Pardon me. Mm. Pius Suter. We just signed Pius Suter from the from the uh, Swiss League. The and leading one last, scorer. One last comment like, too.
2: Andrew Shaw. Who knows? He might be coming back. Who knows if he retires? Oh, but he comes yeah, back as how well. Did I
0: forget about him?
2: If Andrew yeah. Shaw he, comes he, back, he's
0: that third line. He's that third line's forward though. I think he's a per that perennial, consistent third-liner, can put up 40 points, rough him up. He's very much like... If I, he stays healthy, he's almost,
2: I'd say the Blackhawks are looking good next season.
0: If, yeah, if he's right, healthy enough... That's, that's, that's really in question player, right now. For, yeah. Let's go look at... I don't want to spend too much time just because... I, I, I don't necessarily want to go on too long for this. All yeah. the series in the second round are currently 3-1... to one. In favor of whoever happens to be winning, it's the New York Islanders three to one over the Philadelphia Flyers. The Tampa Bay Lightning up on the Boston Bruins three to one. The Colorado A- or the Dallas Dallas Stars? Stars Dallas Stars thank you up on the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights up on the Vancouver Canucks. I think it goes without saying in all the series because I have watched parts of all of them. It is solely a depth and just pure domination factor. The Vancouver Canucks have been playing great; they just haven't been able to, you know, they've just been getting dominated in the, where it counts. The Avalanche, their depth scoring, their lack of depth is kind of showing, and, their and, the, goal, stars, their, their and the stars the stars are heating up. And their lack of elite goaltending is showing. The Boston Bruins, for whatever reason, they haven't. They're a fantastic. It's, team. it's they, their bottom six.
2: And the, the injury to Sean Corrale, he's coming back tonight, but they've not they've been without him right. for most of the series, and that's been a key hole in their team. And obviously, they they haven't been able to punch in that goal that they're normally able to do in past playoff runs. So they obviously they need Corrale haven't, to get it going. They
0: haven't, it's their depth that's been the problem in that series. And brain points also tearing the Flyers, Bruins apart. Exactly. And the Philadelphia Flyers with that series have just been getting outmanned and outpaced by the New York Islanders. It is solely an outplaying factor in all of these series. One question. Let's go round the table. Real quick, you know, quick sentence for each series. Let's go, starting in the East, New York, Philly. Does Philly force a game six? Rafi?
2: I don't think so. I think the Islanders are overwhelming the Flyers right now, and the Flyers are falling into the same trap that the Capitals and Panthers fell into.
1: Noah? I think... Uh, I believe in the Flyers. I think they find something in their game to um, to get their scoring up again and to break past, at least for a game, uh, the Islanders' defense. I think they do force a game six.
0: I, I, I said coming into the series that I think Philadelphia still has what it takes. They still have that offensive firepower that they've had coming into the series to make it to the conference final and that this is the year that they were going to do it and prove that they have a bona fide team, which they have. They've proven that. But they have the bona fide team that's going to be a pest in the East and in the Metro Division for a long time. I take back everything I've said. The New York (laughs) Islanders have, have completely blown my expectations of them out of the water. I love watching them. I know I said at the beginning of the damn playoffs that they have a slow, muddy style of play, yada, yada, yada. They have transitioned every time. They play three-zone hockey. They have a slow, muddy style of defense. But goddammit, when they get the puck, they transition quick and they make the team pay. And I fucking love it. I think the Islanders are going to end the series. Let's go to the Boston-Tampa series. Rafi.
2: No, bias aside, I think Sean Corrales is a big help for Boston tonight as we record on Sunday. I think Boston forces a game six. I hope they win the series, but I think Corrales is definitely going to help them out a lot. And I think Halak stands on his head tall tonight and kind of puts aside all the bad criticism against him that he's been facing this series because he's,
1: he's been laying a goose egg so far. Jeez. There's no way that Boston doesn't. There's no way Boston loses in five here. I have too much faith in Boston for that to happen. It's not that I don't believe they're gonna in keep, Tampa.
2: They're gonna fight it out. It's gonna There's be a the, close game if they lose. It's gonna be they're gonna fight it out to the end. There's yeah,
0: no. I I have no faith in Boston anymore. That's not true. Okay, let me rephrase that. That that that's. Hard. <laughs> I think Boston still has some fight in them. I think I agree with you, Ralph. I think Sean Corrali is a huge improvement to their bottom six. I, I think he. I think he he might spark something in that bottom six that we haven't seen in his absence. Obviously. However, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov have been absolutely lighting up. Don't forget Andre Pilat. Andre Pallot ha- ha- has been... Uh, oh, my God. Andre Pilat has been insanely, insanely consistent in, in, tell
2: me a bunch of times. in his offensive
0: I chances. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Their defense has been playing better than I think it has in the last three seasons uh, with... Headman with Shattenkirk, Bogo, with Bogo. Mm-hmm. They, they, have, they have a pretty good defensive showing, and Andre Vasilevsky has definitely proven me wrong in saying that. You know, I said coming out of Vesna voting, uh, when the finalists were announced, that I think he's the most overrated ho- goalie in hockey. Vasilevsky. I, I yeah, I definitely, yes. take I, okay. I definitely take that back. i I definitely take that back to to an extent. He he has been proving me wrong left and right. Okay, he could he shouldn't have been on the ballot. I haven't been top
2: three, but he still is a top five goaltender in the league. I agree. That that is what I was saying. I think he,
0: uh, saying that he's the most overrated goalie in hockey, I don't think is accurate, especially coming out of this series. It's a powerful, powerful, deep offensive offense that the Bruins have. However, getting to the point, I think Tampa finishes the series tonight. (laughs) I I just don't think that.
2: That was a really long sentence.
0: I know. Yeah. Let's go out west. Uh, Let's look at. Avs, Dallas Noah.
1: Uh, let's let's not forget that the Avs were, uh, the AVs have like been in this series. It's been a really back and forth series. But let's not forget that they lost Game Four only on that Kale McCard mistake. That's like literally the only reason why they lost Game Four. There would have been overtime anyway. Um, they allowed three
2: goals in the first ten minutes. That was. Okay. A, are you kidding me? The, Their first period came, was not existent.
1: And then they came back. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but if they didn't have an awful first period, okay. But like, but
1: like literally, but like the only like reason they,
2: they didn't have a shot until the one minute. Yeah, and I know. Thirty seconds left in the first period. You can't make the argument that Kale McCarr was the sole reason, when obviously the Avalanche didn't show up in the first period and we're down three nothing. They were chasing
1: the game the whole time. Yeah, but like, still, let's let's not forget that the, the only reason they lost the game was because of Kale McCarr. Um, not like he's been playing well, but that's he made a mistake. It happens. Um, so I think they bounce back in the series. I have too much faith in the Avalanche. I have been underrating the Stars a lot, but I just think that the injury to Grubauer really did not help them this series. But the I think the Avalanche bounce back. I think I think they I think they come out flying to start, and it's basically be like a role reversal. But yeah, the series uh, has been really back and forth. I think, I think Dallas. I think to game six.
2: Yeah, I I think Dallas is gonna win this one. I don't see. Pavel Francois, Francois.
0: How do you say it, Logan? Francois. Francois. Francois, Francois. Francois. yeah. Francois, yeah. I don't know. It's French. Francois. Okay, I digress. Pavel French. How about that? I want
2: to buy. <laughs> I like that. Because they're in a situation where <laughs> if Grubauer was playing bad, they could put him in for a game and be fine. They don't have that opportunity. If they pull him, they put in Maple Leafs legend Michael Hutchinson in that The Colorado Avalanche—they could allow five goals in the first period, and they could all be Pavel's fault. But they can't put in Hutchinson because he's—he'd allow another six goals. So, yeah, I think Dallas is riding a high right now. I don't know if it's going to continue to the next round. Round after that, who knows? But right now, Dallas is hot. Banish or not, I think—and that rhymed. Dallas
1: tonight.
2: Dallas goes on to the Western Conference Final to hopefully banish the demons of last year. Yeah, talking to you, Patrick Maroon, watch out, buddy. The stars are rolling.
1: Last series, Vegas and... Wait, Logan, uh, did you play Yeah, it? no, I was about oh, to Logan say, say. I, th- I, think bad,
0: it. I think Dallas finishes it. I just think that they've completely exposed the lack of depth and the, meet. the great but not elite goaltending that the uh, Avalanche have. I love the Avalanche, and I said that they were going to come out of this series... I don't. I I bite my words on that one. I think Dallas has completely proven me wrong. They, well, not, not I don't you know said, if, if they happen well, to face. If they they didn't really to prove me wrong.
2: You said it September. I know, September.
0: but <laughs> you know what I mean. If, if they happen <laughs> to face Vegas, if if they happen to face Vegas, which is the likely outcome right now, I don't know if they'll have the same success because Vegas is a significantly better team than the than the Avalanche are. I I I think I think this series against the Canucks have proven that. Moving to the Canucks series, I'm just gonna say this flat out: I don't think the Canucks can do it. Like, I, 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 have minimal faith in their defense stopping that four line off that Vegas has. They're just getting punished. I think their offense has been fine. I Actually, very much haven't. They got have shut out twice. I know, but I'm it, just saying. Sorry, I just aside, had to aside, I know, but aside from their lack of scoring, I think they haven't done anything too terrible. To the point where they could totally improve their game a lot. Like, It's hard to score on Robin Lehner and Marc-Andre Fleury. And it's hard to score on a big, bad, tough team. A deep team that the Vegas Golden Knights has have. And for that exact reason, I just don't think that the Canucks can do it. I think Vegas is going to go on to the Western Conference Final. As I've been saying since the beginning of the playoffs. Make that too.
2: I think... I honestly think that Markstrom stands on his head tomorrow night, which is going to be Tuesday, obviously, as we record the show. I feel like I have to say that every time I say that. But, but I digress. I'll say I digress a lot. But regardless, <laughs> I think Vancouver is able to tough one out. I say they win a game like 2-1, a 3-2 game, really yeah. scrummy game. They, they had Vegas where they wanted them in the third period yesterday, which was Saturday or Sunday, rather and they just couldn't finish out the third period. So I think Vancouver is able to pull out, stay alive. I don't think they win this series, but I think they definitely make it a little interesting. I think Marshall stands tall in that on Tuesday night and force a game six.
0: That about wraps it up for this episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast then. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at puck talk live podcast you can find all of our podcast sources all of our socials our twitters on that link tree link in the bio of the puck talk live podcast instagram be sure to like share whatever it is you got to do get the word out there we appreciate everything you guys do for the pod we know we haven't been as active on instagram as we were school's starting but you will start to see content pretty soon. A little more posting some more memes from uh, Mr. Falafel over there in Champagne, <laughs> our uh, meme maker for the three of us. And uh, yeah, expect some pretty cool podcasts, interviews, uh, stuff coming out in the weeks to come as we get ready for the Stanley Cup final. A once-in-a-lifetime Stanley Cup final with this pandemic Once again, for the Puck Talk Live podcast, I am Logan Rosengard. We appreciate everything you guys do listening to the show. We will see you guys next week.